It's November 20th, 2019, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, uh, we want to invite you to Accelerate Hawaii and click now, along with the Educational Partners Education Incubator, in welcoming the 2019 McDonald's Education Workshop in Hawaii. This free all-day event features expert panels and guest speakers from the industry and the world of work, information booths on post-high school employment and education opportunities, local university, college represent, uh, representative to share what's new and exciting on their campuses, and, of course, special celebrity guest presenters to share the stories of their post-high school journeys. And, of course, this is going to take place this coming Saturday, November 23rd, uh, from 9 to 3.30. It's an all-day affair. If you want to sign up for the McDonald's Education Workshop, just go to Accelerate HI or XLR, the number 8, HI.com, and you can register there. Now, we have a slight programming change because, you know, Brian Glazer, who I had invited to the show and uh, was planning to have him talk about Hohonu. Uh, he's kind of under the weather, so we will uh, kind of reschedule him for a later date. But I want to now welcome my my guest for the uh, the show, the rest of the show, and it's going to uh, include CIO Doug Murdoch, Chelsea Harder from Hawaii Green Growth, and, of course, the organizer for the Hawaii Annual Code Challenge, Thelma Elaine. We're all here in the studio, and we're talking about the... Uh, 2019 hack and of course we'll talk about the winners and how the hack was uh, kind of organized and developed and sort of get into the detail as to what some of the teams actually came up with so i want to welcome you to bite mark cafe hello hubbard thank you for having us yeah. thanks Bert. well so doug <laughs> i want to start with you and and this is um kind of a, a new experience for you you got kind of thrown into the the fire uh, it's been going on for about four years but uh uh, this was like the number four, right? Number four. And so, Doug, this is your first one. So tell us, what what was your impression? What was what kind of went into it? What did you see as being kind of the uh, the goals and objectives of this hack? And, and how did you your experience with the first Hawaii Annual Code Challenge for you? Well, you're right. It was my first. Uh, Governor Ige thought of this idea four years ago and put together a group to start creating a hackathon that mm-hmm. could be here in Hawaii every year. Uh, It includes community members who are both high school and university level, and they come together and they look at some challenges that the state has that could potentially be improved by applying an IT solution. So these people are usually interested in information technology. They're taking IT courses in high school or college, and uh, we give them challenges of things that different state departments give us, and we say, can you solve this using an application or a web page or something like that? So the groups form, they come, they come together to kick off, we challenge them with the different challenges we have, and then they go off and they work on their projects. And in the interim, during the, it's about a five weeks between the beginning and the end, uh, we have some classes that they can take and how to use some of the technology that the state has available, like Salesforce or Esri. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also give them some ideas on how to present well. Then uh, they go through a technical review and the pr- challenges that pass technical review then come in for a final judging in the last week. And this year we had 29 teams start out, uh, and we had 15 that made it through to the through the technical review to the final judging, and we were able to select winners uh, just a couple weekends ago. Yeah, no, it was an exciting event. And Chelsea from uh, Hawaii Green Growth, I mean, you 
actually have had a pretty uh, influential role in terms of coming up with the, the themes for like the last couple of years. I don't know, last year it was on sustainability and this year it was on community resilience. Kind of tell me a little bit about, y- you know, how Hawaii Green Growth uh, influences the, the thematic um, setting of the code challenge. Sure. So this is really um, the, a result of our partnership with with the state and with ETS. Um, so last year, this um, this challenge or the hackathon was framed around the Aloha Plus Challenge, which is a set of six integrated goals across social, economic, environmental priorities um, that are statewide that we implement to um, to twenty thirty. And this year, we wanted to re up it and say we want a specific focus on community resilience. So how can we connect government? with communities and provide pathways for for that collaboration through innovation. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the some of the challenges that were presented, uh, maybe you can speak a little bit to how those challenges tied into community resilience. Sure. So all the challenges were actually directly related to the Aloha Plus challenge. Um, for instance, um, the one of the challenges looking at the health of EV charging stations mm-hmm. um, Sustainable transportation is really important in Hawaii. We need to be able to mode shift to not just everybody drives in a a single vehicle. Um, And then we're looking at a community data portal for the Aloha Plus dashboard, which tracks indicators on the Aloha Plus challenge. So communities can actually feed in their citizen science data to to advance these sustainability goals. And lastly, um, the Department of Education wants to clearly show their connection to community through sustainability initiatives. And the, the hackers developed this, um, this portal where they can input those, those pathways. Uh, and that was kind of the one about the sort of connecting interns with actual projects that were uh, you know, happening in the, in the private sector. Yeah, private sector and in, in community. So really looking at place-based education, real-world education, so that um, students can actually be able to, ready to apply what they're learning. Mm-hmm. Now, Thelma, you know, one of the things that uh, um, ha- I've seen actually evolve over the, the code challenges that uh, I've been involved in was that in the first couple of code challenges, we had a lot more independent sort of professionals involved. I mean, I, I think the first one was like that. And the second one had a little bit more involvement from the university. And I noticed that as um, ha- this has evolved to year number four, there were a lot more student participation. I mean, maybe you can comment about uh, how you've seen sort of the change in demographic of the uh, participation. Well, the first couple years, uh, particularly the first year, it was nobody really knew. It was the Wild West. Mm-hmm, we didn't really know mm-hmm. what we were doing and what we needed. So uh, a lot of professional teams came in, and they pitched their company's software solutions So because they were trying to open the door into the the government agencies. But they didn't have any code. They had presentation documents. And so we implemented in year two a technical review, which meant you don't get to the presentation if you don't did not develop code for the hackathon. Yeah, I remember that. So that really changed the whole environment. And I think the other thing that happened was the first year, uh, one of the UH professors, Philip Johnson, participated. He mm-hmm. actually was on a team. Was on a team, mm-hmm. and he had so much fun. 
he decided that this was something he was going to require his students to do for a grade, then what happened broke out. Um, and from there on, other universities wanted to get involved. We started reaching out to the high schools, and they, uh, one of the event uh, uh, high, uh, high schools that didn't make it to the final, his attitude was like, I don't really care if we make it to the final. We're going to be using this challenge for the rest of the quarter to, you know, to t train people and to think about it. So he was excited to have this opportunity to interact on a specific project with his students. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's why it's become so important that the teachers and the professors see it as a training opportunity for their students. And we're thrilled about that because where how better to work with work, you know, technical workforce development if not at that level. So you know, Doug, I do want to talk to you about the uh, kind of the goals and objectives that you had in mind uh, for the code challenge as as well as the fact that you know this code challenge had an opportunity to work with specific uh, platforms like Esri and, and Salesforce. But we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Doug Murdoch, Chelsea Harder, and Thelma Lane. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to the state's chief information officer, Doug Murdoch, Chelsea Harder from Hawaii Green Growth and Hack organizer, Thelma Lane. And, of course, right before the break, uh, I was uh, giving uh, um, Doug a chance to think about the answer to this question, which is, you know, in terms of the objectives that you had in mind for the Code Challenge, what would you say, what would you characterize those kind of key outcomes that you would like to see? You know, Bert, in today's world, uh, technology really is a learning culture. My office has to have a learning culture, and anybody who works in technology has to have that learning desire in them. So I did challenge the students in the kickoff session, if you can learn, you can create, and if you can create, you can change the world. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea of getting to sustainability or resilience through an IT application is how do we learn, create, and then change the world. Mm -hmm. So what we really wanted to see was for that process to happen and for them to experience the excitement of actually doing something that could change the world around them. Uh, so I think it just gives them an, a lot of excitement about what IT, uh, what the capabilities of IT are and, and their role in it and how they can play such an important part in using that to make the world a better place. Oh, no, that's great. Chelsea, in terms of uh, your involvement, Hawaii Green Growth, Oloha Plus Challenge, and the whole idea about the sort of civic engagement, uh, have you seen this this sort of getting together and innovating, helping to move the needle on innovation inside the government sector? I think definitely. You know, I really appreciate that the hack encourages innovation within government to create efficiencies and to create connections within communities and to students. Um, and we really need innovation across sectors. So I think this is a really great model to apply. So, and this innovation is needed to achieve our local and our global goals. So just the intergovernmental um, panel on climate change, they released their special report this year saying that we need 
rapid behavior change across sectors to avoid the most catastrophic effects of climate change. And this can only be achieved through innovation. We cannot continue with status quo. So this group that you're referring to, the IPCC, what what body, what organization is that uh, associated with? They're the UN body for, of scientists for climate change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so I really think that this is specific challenge solutions and they can really help achieve our our collective goals moving forward. Yeah. So tell me, you know, in in this year's uh, code challenge, the emphasis uh I think we we had the opportunity to have Esri talk about some of their platforms. We had Salesforce actually do some stuff. So there was a little bit more focus on on those kinds of um, um, applications or uh, platforms. Uh, did you see the teams really kind of embrace that? I, I always thought that it was a little bit more challenging for, let's say, somebody to quickly pick up Salesforce. But some of the teams seem to pick it up pretty quickly. Well, what I found very interesting is we were very we were when we were picking out the challenges, we were looking for things that matched. Uh, one of the challenges that uh, we kind of missed in the beginning was um, the uh, the Hawaii Green Infrastructure Authority mm-hmm. and their GEMS program and their Green Loan Portal program. They were saying that they thought Salesforce would be a good use for that as a backbone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why we, we you know we plugged in Salesforce and uh, Chelsea's challenge uh, for the Green uh, Portal. I mean the Aloha Plus Portal. Uh, section, we were thinking, Esri, oh good, we can map where people are doing things. I was taken aback. Um, the students would actually, on their uh, presentations, say what uh, codes or what programs or platforms they used. I counted at least a half a dozen of the 15, I, and that was the ones I caught, that used Esri because a lot of the people were doing the uh, HECO EV mm-hmm. program, and that one was uh, mapping where the the item uh, the stations were, the, the charging stations were, and it hadn't even occurred to me, but it occurred to the students. So I was super impressed with the fact that they made that connection because of one class we held on kickoff day. Oh, that was good. Yeah, yeah. and they, they used it quite successfully, so... Now I, you know, I would love to be able to go through all of the teams and all the prototypes that they created. But Doug, do you want to kind of share some of the the winning prototypes? Uh, maybe we'll start with the the first prize uh, uh, team that got um, uh, they they were called Gary's Best. What did what did Gary's Best do? Well, they chose the electric vehicle charging station analysis, mm-hmm. and I think what the judges were most impressed with was that they integrated probably six or seven te- different technologies, mm-hmm. including uh, Esri and web technology and even a Raspberry Pi. Um, mm-hmm. So they had some great technology. They did some great. Uh, they did some data analytics to look at trends. They showed which uh, challenge, which uh, charging stations were up and which ones were down and mm-hmm. which ones were busy. And so they really had this complete integrated solution that was incredibly impressive. And was uh, was Gary's best part of uh, Phil Johnson's uh, IT class? Yes, he was. I mean, yes, they were. They were. They were. <laughs> yeah. There was 11 members of that team. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they did a very good job of splitting up the tasks. That's one of the reasons I think they were able to integrate that many different platforms in. Well, and you also mentioned, you know, the uh, Hawaii Green Infrastructure Authority and and uh, the folks that won the second place was actually one guy, right? I mean, and 
Yeah. Maybe tell us a little bit about uh, that that project. Um, so he was a single uh, member, and he he came to all our workshops, and he participated and asked questions. And the two workshops we had as an interim, one was about gathering requirements, mm -hmm. and then at the other end was uh, how to add business value uh, to your solution. So when you go to the potential buyer of your solution, they can see value to them, and that helps sell your program. So he was very good. He, he not only spent a lot of time talking with the HGIA people, asking a lot of good questions. He ended up not using Salesforce, in fact. He used SharePoint uh, as their platform because they're so deeply integrated in SharePoint. So he spent the time asking that question. I think they may actually, fingers crossed, do something with him or use that as a stepping off place. Uh, and then he also, the, one of the things I liked about his pitch at the end, he talked about the value that it added to the HGI team, which is, again, one of the things we were trying to, if you want to get your application picked next, we need to start adding. That was one of the things Doug was championing is teaching the students how to add business value to their solutions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he did it. And Great. that was impressive. Now the uh, the uh, the third group was called something like uh, Area Fifty One Raid Squad. Raid Squad, Chelsea. You remember what they uh, actually what what they came up with? The Raid Squad. If I had their faces in front of me, I would know. <laughs> <laughs> Doug. They were another electric vehicle charging station uh, with analytics, so they were really looking at uptime and downtime. Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. wasn't quite as complete of a solution as the first place team, but they had uh, just some really good graphics and some really useful information for consumers and drivers of electronic vehicles. So uh, we really were impressed with their application as well. Yeah, and, and that was another, uh, was that another Phil Johnson team? Mm -hmm. now, yes. now, Chelsea, there was a, there was a team that I was, pretty impressed with of course I forgot their name but the the demonstration that they showed was participation in a particular project that could perhaps contribute to to data around uh, uh, metrics that were being recorded or, or collected for Aloha Plus but they also had not only the participation in the project but they also would bring in data from uh, what's you know what's being available on the Aloha Plus Challenge, and they would show on your smartphone app kind of the 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 graphic, a pie chart of you know the the specific data points that they would be perhaps impacting by the project that they worked on. So right. I I thought that was pretty impressive. I did too. You know, I really liked that they had a um, that they had a native app that they created mm -hmm. and really focused on community events that would um, that would help to, um, to to help to achieve the Aloha Plus Challenge goals in different areas. And it would show interconnections with different goals. So if you're helping with a stream cleanup, you're not only helping with the natural resource management goal, but you're also helping with solid waste diversion, and you're um, you know participating in community and sense of place. So it really cuts across all these different goals. And I think j just to have something that is interactive and fun to use is really going to help people and inspire people to, to participate in this. So I'm, I'm curious. I I know they didn't win, but uh, do you see a potential future for that particular application, that prototype, that you know, that team going forward in a, in terms of maybe their interaction with uh, Hawaii Green Growth? 
Definitely, and we're we're already in conversation with them to to further that innovation. So, do you remember the team's name? I'm, <laughs> I wish I had it written in front of me, but um, I I'm blanking right now. Okay, we're all blanking right now. But <laughs> the, you know, I I know they were quite impressive. You know, I do want to ask uh, Thelma right after this break about who were the high schools that actually won something. We'll hold that thought. We'll be right back of this short break. And, of course, we're talking to Doug Murdoch, Chelsea Harder, and Thelma Lane. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, Haleakala Waldorf School and Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lam. Of course, if you're just joining us, of course, we're talking talking to the state chief information officer. His name is Doug Murdoch, Chelsea Harders from Hawaii Green Growth, and of course, Thelma Lane, who helped organize this year's Code Challenge. And uh, we're recapping some of the winners of the um, demonstrations, the finals that took place uh, this past Saturday. And there were a couple of high school teams that actually rose to the top. In fact, they were both very impressive, and both of them got they tied. some money, right? Yeah, we started out with five high school teams, um, and two made it to the final and the presentation. Uh, one of them was an open challenge. Uh, interestingly enough, they created a game app that was about kind of Aloha Plus game, so people could learn the, te- the terminology and what opportunities they were, and it was quite you know, well thought out, and mm-hmm. it was again a native app, and that was that team was Net JXRK, and they're from Waipahu. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other team was SHC from Melani, and they also did an EV challenge. Uh, they were quite sophisticated for what. Again, I'm 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 not trying to show like my. Oh, it's more of an awe situation. Like, oh my God, what a high school that they're doing in high school. I didn't do that stuff in high school. So they came up with a a challenge that um, had a lot of demographics, was translating the, uh, one of the ideas behind the challenge was to collect reporting data. And so they weren't as visually graphic as the, the winner, which was really very sophisticated, but they captured a lot of that data and uh, displayed it on a in a time frame so that you could expand or shrink the time frame to see what was really going with a particular location. Yeah, no, hats off to uh, Mililani High School and Waipahu High. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know some of the folks that actually, the teachers who, uh, who mentor those teams, and, uh, you know, they do a really good job. Now, Chelsea, you were talking a little bit about how Hawaii Green Growth might actually perhaps continue to, you know, nurture the development of uh, some of these applications. I mean, what do you see? What do you see the actual steps that might take place to get them involved with coming up with something? So the hack is a really important part of the innovation ecosystem in Hawaii. So this is really, um, you know, if you look at it like a spectrum, this is really in the idea phase, the prototype phase of really surfacing these solutions and through our different. Um, accelerator, incubator communities or groups that are doing these things in Hawaii. Um, the Hawaii Green Growth 100 plus 
network of public-private partners, we can really help them connect to these different resources, to mentorship, to get into the startup phase, to get into the go-to-market phase, and to pass that valley of death so they can be fully-fledged businesses, homegrown in Hawaii, because that's really going to grow our our um, in our ecosystem here. No, I I completely agree, and and Doug, so. As you see, as of course, this is you know having having now gone through, and now you have uh, uh, this uh, in your in your wheelhouse. Uh, how do you see continuing to help develop some of the uh, outcomes of the code challenge and sort of lead into maybe you know twenty twenty? Right. <clears throat> My goal really is to try and get at least to three of these applications to either be used by government or to be used by one of the corporate sponsors that help sponsor the challenges. And I think Chelsea's talked about already a couple that are possible for her, and we know a couple others that uh, sponsors are interested in, and I've got one that I'm interested in trying to create as a new service to the public. So uh, we really want to use these and and develop them further so that the students can say, hey, this actually does make a difference. So thinking out of the box, how would you actually think of engaging? Uh, obviously, these aren't companies. Uh, they're primarily individuals. Uh, these aren't complete applications. I mean, they're early stage prototypes. Uh, so how would you start to look at, and of course, you know, when I, when, we speak of government, I mean, you know, for it to be a part of government, there's got to be a whole support structure that, that ensures that this application is ready for prime time. How do you see the steps kind of taking taking place to perhaps get to that point? Yeah. Well, we have a staff that can work with them on some of the development testing. We did have them go through requirements planning. We have some IT partners, you know, corporations that might be able to help. Mm-hmm. And then we have IT people in each of the departments. So we'll try and put them together with the business person in the department, the IT person in the department, and the challenge member, and see if we can't find a way forward to further develop. And it, no, nothing has to be perfect. We don't want perfect to be the enemy of good or better. Mm-hmm. So we just want to go in there and see if we can get something kicked off. And, and the HGIA loan application was a great example of something that was pretty close to done. And I think the HECO was very impressed. Uh, Hawaiian Electric was very impressed by the EV charging station applications they saw. So I really think there's a, a solid chance that those things will, will become reality. And I want to be able to say that next year as we're starting to advertise for the fifth-year example in 2020, the fifth-year event, that, hey, we actually had some live applications come out of this. No, I think that would be great because out of the first three, I don't know if anyone necessarily got to a point where they they were actually implemented. Yeah, they're prototypes, right? but right. they're implementable, right. I think. Thelma, I mean, you're going to be involved kind of even post-code challenge. What are some of your ideas on, on keeping people engaged in this process? Well, we want to try to have... Uh, classes geared towards the um, participants. Uh, we want to continue. We found um, the absorption of some of those, the ESRIs and the Salesforce classes and the uh, uh, some of the how-to classes. We had a business analyst come and give a class. We had other people give classes. Um, we think that's really going to be helpful for the participant side. But on the 
other side, we're going to try to have a training camp for teachers and professors on how to engage their students in a hackathon. So Now, uh, real quickly, Chelsea, <coughs> there's uh, some activities that you're going to be focusing in on in terms of kind of keeping the momentum going from your site. So real quickly, you know, in the last 10 seconds, I mean, what, what are some of the things that we can keep an eye on? Sure. So to dial out a bit, um, what's happening here in Hawaii and specifically at the Hack has global relevance. So with Hawaii Green Grows, um, 100 plus public-private partnership, including the state, um, we're really we're we're implementing on the sustainable development goals, the the global goals, and um, something that we're we're doing in this next. Um, in this next year is to tell these stories through the voluntary local review. Well, and that's a CACO effort to deliver and align these efforts. We'll probably have you back on to talk a little bit more about that. And, uh, of course, uh, Doug Murdoch is the state CIO. Chelsea Harder is the sustainability dashboard coordinator for Hawaii Green Growth. And Thelma Lane is the organizer for Hack 2019, maybe for 2020. I don't know. And, of course, we want to thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for thank having you, us. Thank you, Bert. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Bert. Thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will find out about IEEE in Hawaii. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarscafe.org. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. You stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.